Uh, well, welcome again to our Radio Waves, Ron Doversy. Ron, good to chat with you and have you back on Punters Postmortem on this Monday. How was your Saturday on the punt? Uh, look, it was okay. It could have been a little better um, with those typical punters' hard luck stories here and there, but it was a terrific day's racing day. The, t- the two-year-olds were... Uh, they didn't disappoint, I must say. They've run both bloke uh, class records um, on a track that started off a soft five, so... I think they're legitimate top liners, the Colt and the Philly, even the ones behind them. And um, Maria, Maria, Maria Mia, um, what a ripping display from her. Look, late nomination, you would have thought the two big guns would be a, a little mm. bit too good for her, but they weren't. And uh, Joe Pride had a lovely day winning the last as well with a promising horse in uh, Think About It. He certainly did. David Gately is joining us as well because there was some action down there at the Valley. Uh, Gator, g'day to you. Welcome back to Punters Postmortem. How was how was your Saturday? Yeah, it was uh, a day of almost. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not all about me. Um, it, it was terrific racing. Well, look, we had a lot of low benchmark racing at the Valley, but obviously the feature, the Group 2 Weight Fraser race, was on by a really good horse who absorbed a lot of pressure and ran fast time. So... Um, he's flying jigsaw and uh, he deserved that win. Certainly did. And Chris Roots is joining us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chris, obviously uh, touching on uh, the good performances from the two-year-olds there in Sydney. And, uh, well, your life is a journo. I mean, this is the time of year when it all becomes that, that golden slipper story. And every week there's uh, something that probably puts its hand up. Yeah, it's like that, Dave. Good morning to you, Duff and Gator. It's, um, it, was, it, was, it was a day that didn't disappoint Point. That's probably the best way of putting it with the two-year-olds. We we, we got a horse that um, had a bit of a boom on it and come out and, and, and proved the boom in learning to fly. I think the Colts were outstanding. Um, they they went slower, but they just ran through the, lo- ran through the line. And um, there was no way that the King's Gambit was ever going to beat Red Resistance once it got the control it had. I think they come home at about 33 and a half. It, it would have meant that King's Gambit had to run... 33-1, and it just was physically impossible. So everything got a tick in that race going forward. Um, it'll be great to see them up against each other and probably in a Todman States, I'd say, now is the next time we see them all together. Mm, let's let's go to the Canterbury, and we'll start, I'll start with you, Duff, because uh, you were asked by uh, Mido before on the Big Sports Breakfast about King's Gambit in, in your thoughts. Let's sort of dissect that uh, even more. How did he look to you in the yard? Do you feel like, just from your eye, there's plenty of improvement to come? Well, I think there's maturity to come. Now, there's no doubt about it. He, he's not your... Uh, your polished two-year-old. I think um, whatever he's doing now, I think there's more to come later on. But I don't think we could make excuses for him as far as the run he had in the race. Um, he was out at the right time to pounce. But the, I, I think we the market undersold the, the ability of the winner. He showed that at his debut... Um, where he, he beat the, the favourite. He did it again there. He's a big, proud horse who, who looks a, a typical natural two-year-old for the you know typical Waterhouse spot two-year-old that's going to just keep uh, keep just punching away up near the lead in these races and continue to give his all. Um, in saying that, I think the three across the, across the line, there might not be a lot between them because King's Gambit um, will improve next time. Um, be interesting to see if he... He goes to a you know a, a blue diamond or, or whatever uh, because he'll be popular there. And Shinzo's the other one. Uh, he's a lovely horse with a great attitude. 
um, who might have more improvement than both of them uh, going forward. So eyes in the well, eyes in the beauty of the beholder there, and it's hard to split the three of them. I'm saying, mm. Chris, uh, did you uh, what did what did James? What was he sort of saying after the race? And what have have you heard anything from the Snowden team about uh, Kings Gambit and what they thought about him? Um. Uh, I think I think everyone was pretty happy. Like, yeah, yeah. I spoke to Paul Snowden after the race, and he said um, there's more improvement than the margin was there today. So they 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 always have their horses with improvement left. It's it wasn't grand final day on Saturday. It's nine weeks time. Golden Slipper, and if if needed, the Blue Diamond. Be interested to see which way they go. Um, they'll make a decision about. I don't think uh, Don Cordione and King's Gambit will go both go to Melbourne. One will, one won't. I thought the third horse was uh, Shinzu was really good as well. He talking to Chris Waller after the race, he said um, he looks to me like a Cornwall horse, so he's looking right right down the track to the later this year. But he said we'll try and see how far we can go. So very much in the home affairs mold. I think they're gonna. It'll be a pretty similar campaign there. That Chris, Chris likes to keep horses in the same sort of races and races that have worked. So I think you'll see him, him probably in a silver slipper. But the winner, on he he looked he looked the best best the strongest horse in the yard, and he just really come on from that first run. And we saw all day having that run under your belt was a big bonus going into these races. Gator, you're obviously watching in the Melbourne studios there, part of the Sky One coverage. What was your opinion of? of uh, the Canterbury and, and how it all unfolded? There's a couple of ways uh, that I'm looking at it. Uh, one is look, King's Gambit will not be the first or the last um, spooked two-year-old to, or really good two-year-old to lose at their second career start and still be outstanding. <clears throat> you think of Mint Masque and, and Capitalist and a thousand others. I mean, even Sepoy was beaten in a Todman, wasn't he, in between um, Diamond and Slippers. So... Um, look, he ran well enough. Um, I was expecting more, given what he did on the clock on debut. And it just goes to show you, uh, times are a really important aspect in any athletic endeavour, but they don't tell the whole story. you know. And I think if you're, if you're singling in on one uh, factor to do your form, you will come unstuck. Uh, Red Resistance got an easy lead. He went 30.02 first 500. Uh, lining that up against the class, uh, he was a length and change, almost a length and a half below that. So he he not only got an easy lead, he got it without pressure. And what separates the garden variety athlete from a really good one is the ability to absorb pressure and run sustained speed. Uh, he didn't see that, but he will see it in the next few weeks. And I think Brett Preble summed that up perfectly after the race when he said that. So... That'll be the test for that horse, um, and he'll either pass or he won't. And I guess stuff. I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing as we're talking about it. I mean, what a, a field of five. Um, I guess does that make it even more surprising about his SP uh, Red Resistance, considering when we looked at you know, and I heard you guys on Form Line uh, Friday morning um, with the punters panel we spoke about, and even Saturday morning you guys with Hainsey. It, it looked like he wasn't going to get any pressure. So are you surprised that uh, some of the big Big guns didn't put that in their computer and, and his price didn't get a little bit shorter in the market? Uh, very surprised, although no one really went through with it. Everyone may have been thinking that, but yeah. no one sort of put their hand in the pocket and wanted to get bet against the favourite because the, the confidence was uh, on the board there with the marketplace as well. So 
although we're a lot a lot of people may have thought these horses should not be this far apart in the market, which was correct in the finish. Um, no one put their hand in their pocket and corrected that market. It's as simple mm. as that. Let's talk about uh, the the Widden because she was ultra impressive uh, learning to fly, and we obviously see that uh, that uh, red resistance form come through as well um, from that fourteenth of January run because uh, we saw Steel City run very very well. Duff, back to you here. Uh, what did you think of this filly? Annabelle was has been mentioning this horse not so much by name but just sort of uh, at Magic Millions when we had her on the program um, during the second day of the sales I said if you've got something for our listeners you don't have to give us a name but do you think you can win a big race and she sort of you know tongue in cheek said well I think I can win a Ferrari so I think a few people were jumping on the old riser and checking out what cool more horses she had and it turns out it's this filly were you uh, were you as impressed as everyone else? No, very impressed. Uh, very, very impressed. Uh, so they went out harder than the Colts. She was having a first start. She did work. Uh, she sat outside a, uh, a hot leader uh, who folded up, and obviously there's something. She she was a mess before the race. Perfect proposal, proposal and melted. So have another look at her. I wouldn't be judging her on that display. But for this filly to firstly put paid to her and then be a sitting shot, and and then just uh, fight them off again, running fast time. I think uh, it was an in, uh, an outstanding performance. She looks like a filly that'll run fourteen hundred. Not that she has to at this stage of her career, and uh, further maybe. But uh, she is an athlete. Uh, I think most people were surprised the gate speed that she showed. I think the main problem with the betting with her was saying, well, she's. I hope she can keep up and not get too far back here, uh, because it looked a pretty quick race, but. Um, she's adaptable. I think Schofield showed that when he gave her a dig in the ribs and she says, hello, I'll just take you outside the lead here. And they were going pretty quickly. So uh, kudos to her. I think she's outstanding and I can't wait to see her again. Still, City was good. Mumbai Muse is a nice filly. I, I know she was did no work and just run, run home past a few tight horses, but she's a big big improver as well. I, I like her a lot and I think Michael does as well, but it's all about the winner. She's a she's an absolute beauty. Mm. Uh, I'll come to you here, Gator. Uh, we just heard your obviously analysis there of the, the Canterbury, but watching from afar, the Widden, were you as impressed as we were with learning to fly? Yeah, look, it was an exceptional debut win for those reasons that Duff's outlined. You're doing early work, irrespective of the stage of your career, um, is challenging to sustain that sort of good athletes do. Um, and not many do it on debut. So uh, there's only one way, and that's up. Uh, 29.53, first 500, Duff touched on that, almost three lengths quicker than the Red Resistance race, yet she's run a near-identical last 600 to that horse and bit um, and only touched slower than King's Gambit as well. So uh, she looked in under siege uh, at the 200 for sure, um, but um, just responded and was as strong as anything through the line. Time fast, seven lengths above all averages, Five lengths above two-year-old class average. A lot to like. Mm. Uh, Chris, we've been mentioning this horse the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Uh, pretty much since the Magic Millions. And uh, Annabelle, obviously, uh, very keen. And we now know why she was quite keen. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was a performance that that um, has you thinking there, must be, there might be more in, in store. I spoke to Chad Schofield after the race. He said we've been, he'd been on a right through her preparation. He said we've been teaching her to, to relax behind a horse and, and run them down. So to be outside the lead, she was a bit new to that. And then when she when she put 
put away perfect proposal. She just floated. She didn't know what, what, what to do. There wasn't anything to chase. And then she caught out of the corner of her eye, the two horses coming at her. And you would have sworn at the 200, she, she was going to get beat. And she just took off again. And that was probably the most impressive thing about the win. If they can ride her with a sit in a bigger race, we, we might see an even more dy- dynamic filly. Um, going forward, I know she's not in the tab market for the uh, Millennium, but I think that's where she'll end up. That uh, she was a nine hundred thousand dollar purchase out of out of Easter, so I think they'll be they'll be keen to to regain, try and get a purchase price back. So that's a good opportunity there for to race for a million dollars to the winner, and that'd be enough to get her into a golden slipper where she, she's going to go. So um, if she go once she goes into that Millennium market, she'll be pretty much near the top of it, and. Um, well, um, we get, we're going to have an exciting race in two weeks' time. The overall Golden Slipper market, Duff, obviously King's Gambit's still favourite. Learning to Fly was as much as, what, 50s, I think, um, is now $7. Red Resistance, $8. Barber at 9 Although Barber's... Well, Barber probably might still end up in a slipper, but we hear it's going towards a, uh, a Blue Diamond. Uh, then you've got Don... Um, Don Coloni, um, Skirt the Law. Is it funny? Like, there's those horses. We were all talking about that horse that J-Mac rode, what, a week ago. Oh, how good, very impressive. And now, out of sight, out of mind, it's it's what happens, doesn't it, Duff, <laughs> every week leading into a slipper? Yeah, it'll change again next week after the Todman or whatever we got. So um, I think collectively it's as an exciting bunch as we've had for a good few years because um, uh, they're, they're running time up to the older horses, I think, uh, we'll learn more in the near future. They've cuddled King's Gambit, probably because of liability. Um, I can, I, look, there's more action to happen in this market. Uh, mm. There's plenty to give and there's plenty to plenty to firm as we go along. You know, what happens if if uh, Don Corleone comes out and blasts them away again? You know, he'll be the new favourite. What happens if this filly learning to fly comes out and bolts the millennium in? She'll be the new favourite. Red resistance. What more is he going to do to be a, a favourite? You know, it, it's it's going to be an ongoing saga. What happens when we when we meet up a few of these in the Blue Diamond on March in March, and and uh, if something wins by four and uh, beats a few a few form horses up, so, so there's a lot more water to go under the bridge. What happens if this instructor comes out and jumps another? Uh, we don't see him in Sydney out of sight, out of mind. So I don't mm. know. It's 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 an ongoing saga, which is good for. It's good for the race, um, and as we get closer, a few of these will beat each other up, and that market will take completion. Exactly right. No, I'll come to you, Gator, because we had racing, obviously, at Sandown on Australia Day, and Duff just mentioned the instructor, and it's $5 favourite uh, for the Blue Diamond in that all-in market with Tab, and I guess, look, he was impressive on debut at Packen, and we had a text about it last week, uh, and he comes out and uh, does the same thing on speed, gives the kick, and he's a machine. Yeah, he was. It was a terrific win, and uh, he was able to, you know, absorb a little bit of pressure as well, and uh, win in um, really strong style. Uh, you wouldn't think, um, from what I saw um, on the clock there, that uh, this horse is in the same league as a couple we've mentioned. Mm. Um, but look, if if it was all about that, King's Gambit was unbeatable on Saturday. It just shows you it doesn't tell the whole story. But uh, you know, on sort of raw times, um, the instructor's gone. Last 600, um, you know, only a bit above all averages. Horses like Don Crowley on uh, 10 lengths above. King's Gambit um, on debut, eight, nine lengths above. So it's, it's chalk and cheese at the moment. 
certainly is. I'll stay with you here, Gator, because there's a couple of texts here about Jigsaw. You mentioned at the start of the program, this, of course, was the Australia Stakes for Group 2, uh, that he did have to uh, do a bit of work in this race, but he was very, very good, wasn't he? Well, he did. Um, he did do work, and he was very good. So, you know, they've gone um, a really strong uh, clip here, uh, six lengths above average. But what's just as important as raw times and more important, in my humble uh is the, the pressure that's involved in it. So he's kicking up inside Snaps, who wanted to lead early. Uh, so he's not only working, but he's got one breathing down his neck, which is, um, you know, a whole different beast as, as an athlete to, to running that time on your own um, and was able to just race away. And Chirath had the dream sit on him. Calypso ran the dream sit on her. It couldn't get anywhere near him. Two and a half lengths, time fast, 197, over 10 lengths above all averages. So, look, he's not... Um, by caviar, but he's flying, and uh, he took that race. It was a one-horse race, is what it was. Yeah, he certainly got an impressive record. When you go back through, he's what, 19 starts for eight wins, nearly a million bucks, well, 850,000. So he's he certainly has been really good for, for Cindy, hasn't he? Oh, has that. It just shows you that, um, you know, I know we rave about uh, the Wallace Stables and, and Marin Eustace, and rightly so, um, there are so many trainers in this country that they get a good horse, they get him to win. And uh, this guy, since he's been gelded, is a different horse. He's just, he's got a will to win, he's sustained speed. And if you've got those two traits as an asset, you're going to win a lot. Exactly right. And Duff, that's a good segue to Maria Mia, who was really good in the expressway for Joe Pride, who we know can just, once he works these horses out uh, and gets them into that, that routine, that pattern, they just blossom. <laughs> They do, you know, at one stage there, when he first got her, you could, could have easily said, oh, you know, she's a, find a couple of wet tracks for her. You know, she might sneak a black-type placing or something, but um, what she did last preparation, she probably overachieved to a certain extent. She won the... Um, she got to the Dane Ripper there and was just behind them in the in the winter, and then she was placed in the Bletchingly before a spell. So I thought, pretty well job done there. And then she comes back and goes bang, bang, and wins a group two, like a, the expressway. So her future is secure at stud next year, and they're going to have some fun along the way um, in the, uh, you know, early this, well, autumn, and uh, ready to go to probably go to stud at the, this season. And uh, it's been a, a terrific buy for the, uh, the Kellys. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, uh, Chris, what did you make of Maria Mia? She was dynamic, wasn't she? Um, she even surprised Joe a little bit, I think, with the, the, the way she spread it away from a really class, class, classy field there. Unfortunately, we, we, we won't see Forbidden Love again. Had a fetlock issue after the race and has been retired. So um, there's the, there's the um, reason why she didn't come on. Golden Mile, um, I think he just got found found a sprinter. Like he's, I think he's more a, a sprinter miler. Fourteen hundred will probably be his best trip. Um, he missed the kick. He sort of went down on his nose. Um, James said he bunny hopped out, but he said I was still in the position I thought I'd be in. And he he had Maria Mayer's back, but she just went boom and went away from it. From her, Tim Clark got off her and said she'll be even better with a with a bit of moisture in the ground. So. There's, there's something to be a, a bit a bit worried about if if we get a, get another wet winter, she might she might be able to get a group one before she finishes. So, um, I wouldn't give up on Golden Mile. I think he'll probably end up in the All Stakes next. Um, 
I don't think they'll want to clash Animo and him in the, in an Apollo. So I'd say he heads to Melbourne and um and and the big track at at Sandown will really suit him. So um he'll he'll improve a lot off that and a trip down to Melbourne. He'll be right in that right in that race. The others behind the behind them, I don't think we'll be talking too much about them going forward. But Maria Mia, probably a guy Walter, or maybe but maybe she can get to a Canterbury Stakes or some a race like that. Yeah, look, Golden Mile obviously has improvement, uh, but every horse has a price, you know. And, he, and let's face it, he was well beaten there. He's a big, heavy horse. He's going to take a bit of getting fit, and. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting the next move with him and, and what price they want to serve up to you because, you know, it, 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 it's hardly a flashing light run. He's an easy horse to forgive because of his profile. But uh, let's just see and sit on the fence and assess him when he gets to his next run and, and how the bookmakers assess him at the same time. Because I don't know whether he'd, I'd like to be charging in at, you know, $1.40, $1.50 in, in, if it looks like a suitable race. I just want to see him get back on the board and get, you know, race fit. Give us a call. I on think James was talking about. Sorry, Chris. I think James was talking about a stallion profile too. So now he's a Group Two weight for age, age uh, uh, open class horse. So that sort of, although it doesn't put a big tick on the, it's it's another one. I think going forward you'll see him in better races than being a dollar forty duffer. He's he's one of those horses. Like there was gaps there, so that that sort of made the made that made the run a little bit better. But it's just that Maria may have smashed him, and you didn't expect. That, but I also thought he was a bit well founded, even money at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a plan in place for him, and I'm, I think I was reading between the lines that Doncaster Mile might be the ultimate they want to win. He's already a Caulfield Guineas winner, and I get your point. And and um, the the timing will be right once he hits the the final. Uh, and just on. Um... Just on the Golden Mile here, Duff. And by the way, 13.53.53 is the open line number if you want to give us a call and get involved with the program. But obviously, you're a big rap on on Ozepenko, um, which we know, and obviously that Caulfield Guinea. So are you, let's say if Golden Mile was to not get to the heights that we hope he would get to this preparation, does that cast a bit of doubt in your mind in regards to that Caulfield Guineas and then that, do you use him as the benchmark or do you think that all these horses are now individuals, now they're making their three to, to four uh, campaigns or not three, to, but they're sort of getting out of their own grade type of thing? Yeah, they're spring three-year-olds to yeah. autumn three-year-olds and things change. A lot of horses improve, a lot of them hold their form and, and it's too early to judge that yet off one yep. run. But um, yeah, I, I know what you're coming at, but um, let's just see the ones that have trained on, like I thought Ozzy Pinko trailed as good as he's ever trailed the other day, and you'll see some of these other horses, you know, you know your derby winners and that, they're all going to come back as the second wave of horses, or are these other horses going to keep improving as well? So that's the, that's the nature of the beast as we try and judge them moving forward. And like I said, some go forward, and some hold their own, and some can jump out of the ground as a, you know, with, with a bit more maturity on their side. We'll take a quick break. It's 9.29, Sky Sports Radio. The English Classic Sale is Australasia's best value healing sale, where the average price of an Australian stakes winner since 2018 is $100,000. Recent graduates include Marzu, Ice Bath and Classic Legend. Classic catalogue available now at inglis.com.au. 
New year means new gear. Get into Totally Workwear Bridalmere for our back-to-work sale. Store-wide discounts on the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue. And what about our big FXD offer? Spend $300 on FXD gear and receive a free FXD sweat towel while stocks last. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open seven days until 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Bridal Beer, 279 Victoria Road. Back to work sale, now on. Always thought owning a racehorse was too expensive? It doesn't have to be. Patriot Bloodstock offers racehorse shares for syndication at an affordable entry-level price point with fixed-price training fees. Our horses are country trained, and whether your horse wins at Wagga or Randwick, the thrill is the same. We've had great success sourcing quality horses that won't send you broke, and we love first-time owners. Check out what's available at www.patriotbloodstock.com.au. Patriot Bloodstock, an authorised representative of Stable Connect. AF licence number 33696. Get more on tap at your local with the Tap app. Share every race with your mates live. Plus exclusive in-venue markets and offers. And a bit of this. This too. This. Go, you good thing. And inevitably, this. For exclusive markets and offers on tap, use venue mode at your local on the Tab app. Gamble responsibly. Gambler's help, 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. 9.31 on Sky Sports Radio. Ron Doversy, uh, you've also got David Gately and Chris Roos as your panel, and we'd love to hear from you. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Plenty of texts rolling in here on the text line, and we thank everyone for getting involved with the show, and they're quite keen to hear your thoughts about Bold Mac uh, in race number nine. Obviously, we know about the stewards' inquiry into uh, Niffler and, uh, you know, going forward, but uh, it was all honours with the winner and J-Mac and Waller combined here, Duff. Yep, was his day. Um, I think I thought he was going into that race, probably a bit of the J-Mac tax on there, but he got everything fall his way. He arrived just in time and uh, got the job done, but... uh, Yep, that was his race. Uh, back to 1,500. I think that's as far as he wants. They got the timing right. They got the race run to suit. So, yep, uh, whether he can... He's a horse you can... I don't think he's going to get into these better races over the the Autumn Carnival. He'll just probably try and win another 88 and see what happens after that. And obviously, uh, Chris, he uh, we, we know about that, that steward's inquiry and obviously, you know, um, uh, that was all dealt with. Yeah, they called Chris Waller in after last just had asked him about the tactics and unusual for Chris to go forward with one from um, the outside gate, but uh, there didn't look to be a lot of pro- pace in the race. And then when Caesar's Palace went forward, um, Brenton was just caught. he came come out sort of neutral and then he was just caught three wide. There was... They didn't go that quick. Like it wasn't like they flew through the um, first part of the race. It was um, it was just they just went even time, and he just was sitting back waiting and having a great time on Bold Mac. And he only just got there, but he got there. And I think the key to the race was the 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 early squeeze they put into the race, and that sort of um, took care of Majorati, who's more of a one place grinder than a sprint. Uh, a real takeoff and give a quick sharp turn of foot. So um, it ended up Bob Mack winning the race, and um, I don't. I think a lot of people were surprised when they saw where Niffler finished, but it was um, 
taken care of in the stewards room. And when you heard what Chris Wallace said, he just said, we thought we were going to go forward and just sit out beside the leader. And it wasn't there for them. And Brenton just used used his um, initiative as a good jockey does and took him to the lead and then tried to get as took her to the lead and tried to get as easy a time as possible. And from there, we saw what happened. Well, it was just a, a simple. It was the stewards had to ask questions, but it was only to pacify uh, the wallabashers or the the, 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 the the punters that thought they were putting the speed on for the stable mate. The first thing. From Wednesday on in all the shows, all we'd spoke about, there's only one possible leader here. What's going to happen here? Major Arty. And it was a change of tactics for Niffler to go forward uh, early on Saturday morning. The most surprising thing is Major Arty didn't show that speed that we thought. And that's because of other things we were saying all along. He probably wants a little bit further now. So the race didn't unfold the way that 99% 99% of mappers thought where majority goes to the front and no one sort of thought, well Caesars Palace didn't expect that too much and um, and we thought, you know, we thought we just simply thought majority would go quicker, it's as simple as that and it tells you on the clock, so it was simple um, it looked a lot of people thought it looked messy but when you assess it Everything went according to plan. You know, mm. the, the, it was written how they told the stewards going to be written. It's just that Major Artie didn't show his speed and wants further. Gator, the any problem? Com- problem or, sorry, Chris. The problem with these these situations is um, that people are looking for looking for something like that to happen and 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 want want to believe that there was something yes, untoward there. there. Exactly. There wasn't. There wasn't the 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 stable couldn't have been more clear in saying. We're going to go forward with this horse, and then when it got when it got caught three wide, what what do they want Nifler to do? Sit there three wide and allow Major Arty to, to lead at its leisure and 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 totally ruin its chances. You've got to ride your horse to its best possible uh, chance of getting its best possible position, and the best possible way of riding that horse then was to go forward and take the take the front, and that's exactly what Brendan did, and. And the horse was second up and probably didn't run out 1,500 metres. Second yeah. up just wasn't fit enough. She melted. Yeah, the horse melted, yeah. Niffler. And um, there was nothing smelly about that race at all. Uh, Gator, I'll just get you in for a comment. Yeah, non-issue. But what uh, they have to do is ask the question. Um, integrity's king in the sport, especially in this day and age where everyone's watching everyone. So no worries asking the question whatsoever, but a non-issue. Mark's on the line on 13.53. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, uh, Duff's opinion, or, or all the boys' opinion, can, can chime in if they like. Uh, Mumbai Muse, I thought she was a great run on Saturday. Wide gate, long run. She kept coming. She's huge odds for the slip-up. Like, could she improve enough to be a chance in that? Well, they all can. You'd like to see them twice. I think she's one of the horses to follow of the day. Um, and I'm, I'm, I just thought... She's over the odds in everything she's in. Whether she's a slipper filly, she'll tell us next time. But she ran off off high pressure there on Saturday. She had a wide barrier. and Maybe she can be closer if she draws a, a good draw. Uh, I think, well. yeah, 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 that's right. She had to, they, they, they said they were going to drag her back. So I like her. Yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah. And I think she has a good condition on her. And she looks to have quality. She's a lovely filly. Yeah, I like her. And good, good keeping with uh, space. We were very confident there on Saturday, and after the boys on uh, the punters' panel, they all posted up. Said she was a false favourite. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> no, that was his race there on Saturday. Um, spacewalk, and he crossed off the 1,200-metre box. That was good. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Give us a call, 1353-53. Gator, what did you make of Spacewalk? That's a terrific win. I mean, it's not as if things went perfectly to script. Uh, first go at 1,200, effectively. He went forward. He was keen. Um, he hung on the turn. The speed was strong, 35-2 first half, had him four and a half lengths above all averages, yet he still kicked on and won and was as strong as anything through the line. Yes, he did it with no weight, but a bit of a theme for the day for me was um, good to see these three-year-olds measuring up. It adds depth to our racing as we get into another carnival. You saw Spacefoot, you saw Golden Mile, you saw See You in Heaven in Adelaide uh, uh, measure up really well also. So um, great to see for the sport, I think. Very much so, mate. Very much so. Uh, just going to uh, Melbourne here. There's a text on the text line. Can you ask Gator uh, about his thoughts on Fisson, um, who went around on the weekend with Ethan Brown in the saddle? Uh, okay. Which horse? Which race? Uh, oh, actually, no. Pardon me. It was It's Fisson uh, in race number four. Oh, Fisson. So, yep. Fisson. It was an odd race, wasn't it? Um, obviously, a field of four. Uh, leaders command approved in Bistro sort of cut each other up a little bit. Bistro found to be lame for give file. Commander Proof just didn't have any answer. The two that sat back and watched them uh, cut each other up ran one two. Uh, Clarity probably should have beaten Fishing, but look, he's deep into the prep. Uh, he's been a terrific soldier um, for the stable this time in, but um, I'd be surprised if it was... Look, it's probably his last win for this campaign, <laughs> but, um, but uh, look, I've been wrong before. And I guess we talk about, you know, uh, the great trainers uh, that have had success and we see it yeah, yesterday in Hong Kong internationally, which we touch on, but what about Nick Ryan and Mamaragan? Uh, surely this is unbelievable. Um, is this the same Mamaragan we've, been, mm. we've seen in Sydney? It was ultra impressive there um, in that uh, thousand at the Valley. It was a good win because he didn't have the most peaceful time of it early as well. Um, and, okay, the track was a bit leader, sure, and, and the tempo was three lengths below average, so... Um, look, he beat, didn't beat anything. Uh, it was a pretty rank benchmark, so we need to be honest. Uh, I couldn't tip him because I gave him life three years ago. Um, and it's been good so far to me, you know, build a, build a, build a, another house. But, um, but no, he, he got us on Saturday. So he's back in the good books to some extent under the new stable, but look, he won't find another race that week. What did you see when you saw the, on the screen, Duff? You were sitting there at Rose Hill and you see Mamaragan pop up on the sky screen. Uh, well, as Gator said, I think he was just a very, very well-placed horse. I think Blake gets on well with him. I think he's only had two rides on him for two wins, so it's yeah. be close to it. Um, yeah, let's let's just see if he can put two together. But he does a really good job, that Nick Ryan, doesn't he? He does a terrific job with the, uh, with the horses that he's got and um, he's making a real name for himself. Certainly does. Sometimes uh, a change, and sometimes a change for these horses makes a big difference. Like they've been in the same stable all their lives. They they might have talent. They might just be, you know, they get to a new place and they want to want to show off a little bit. And that might have been what happened on Saturday. Well, the change was him dropping ten grades. So let's uh, maybe he gets yeah. a little bit of confidence <laughs> out of that. Uh, what about uh, speaking of uh, good performances? Uh, we saw yesterday. Uh, a number of our top jockeys uh, head over to Sha Tin Duff, and obviously that Stewards Cup was billed and, and hyped as, you know, I think the, what they say, the race of the decade and all of this. I mean, geez, they've had some pretty good horses up there. So, I mean, it was only a couple of moons ago we had Abel Friend and that going around. So, look, he's a good horse, this Golden 60, 
But, um, geez, it was a lovely, lovely ride by uh, Vincent. It was. I thought coming to the turn, oh, he's going to peel around him here. He just he had the confidence to stay on the fence. You, yeah. You would have been holding your breath there if uh, the favourite remaining warrior kicked up and had a little bit up the sleeve. But he, he read the play well as it turned out. And uh, it was they were talking that race up, and I'm not bagging them. It was a great race. But uh, if you think you've got three champions and they're within a length of each other, I don't know whether they are champions. <laughs> um, but, look, uh, they're obviously very talented horses. Um, I think we'll learn more about Golden's uh, 60 if he goes and takes on uh, the rest of the world. Uh, well, well, Japan or wherever he's going to... I think there's a race in Japan for him, and we'll learn more about their horses um, as far as world-class performers, and I'm not saying they're not, um, but was it... I think when Law of Indices went over there, he's finished a length off him, so that just mm. put me sent me back a length as thing, being a believer. But... You talk to the, the form boys over there and they say, yeah, no, they're, they're the real thing and, and Golden 60 in particular. It'll, it'll rate enormously that race and internationally because of where those three horses sit in the ratings and they've probably run, they can probably justify running them to their ratings that they've been before. Golden 60 was really good, wasn't it? It was just just one of those races you thought Zach might have um, might have stolen, stolen the way he rode, rode rode the leader and had had it was similar to the international mile but um a little bit a little bit different this time golden 60 just put, picked himself up and went past them what you've got to remember and i think duff makes a good point here um law of indices went over there as a 114 horse internationally internationally off a cox plate where it ran seven and they pumped it to 119 which makes it better than our than our horses here such as eduardo and marzu like I don't think I don't think Law of Indices in that grade. So you know, just to temper a little bit on where they sit internationally, but can't wait to see them go overseas and and see where they sit against if it's the Japanese or the Dubai horses, which is which is always interesting. Always interesting when you get off your own home ground. We've got uh, some callers on the line and get involved with the show. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Steve's on the line. Good morning, Steve. Good boys. How are you? Very good. Uh the Gold uh, was a Gold Coast on the Saturday. Gold yes, Cup up on the Polly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Bopper. What? What happened behind the barriers? Anyone know? No idea. He was a late scratching for some reason, and no one could work it out. I couldn't get it. We couldn't get an answer. I really didn't know if he was in the barrier or out the barrier. Uh, or he played up in the barrier. Um, I think we'll have to look up the stewards' report, which I. I don't think he was. I didn't. I didn't think he was. He was playing up because I couldn't. Uh, it, it just didn't uh, load him in. Okay, I'll try and find that Queensland stewards' and report. The jockey was. Uh, the jockey was still on him when they when they when the race was uh, run. So I don't, I don't know what's happened. Okay. How'd, I think... how'd the poly go on at the Gold Coast stuff? I didn't see. That was the Sunshine Coast, Dave. That race. Oh, the oh was that the Sunshine Coast? Okay, no, he said Gold Coast because yeah. I know yeah, that yeah. the. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was yeah. the sun. Oh, the, that was right. The Sunshine Coast Cup meeting. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. It was the cup meeting. Okay. I just um, said, yeah. If Chris Boyd, yeah. One down. Okay. They're hard to find, aren't they? Uh, very uh, hard, very hard. I know how to get Sydney's in five yeah. seconds, but when yeah. you've got to go foreign, um, no. Uh, yeah, the bopper. 
Always race number six. Okay. Good radio. Yeah. Uh, the bopper. Uh, 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 Blood in that's <laughs> Oh, okay. We're both found at once, Chris. So, <laughs> yeah. So he was. He was. Behind the barrier, they saw some blood in his nostril and he was a late scratching on veterinary there you go. advice. Okay. All right. Now, um, uh, we've got Mark on the line. Another Mark. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. Um, Duff, I wonder if you watched the race at Newcastle on Saturday of Angela Davies. It was very impressive in the second race called Our Corbison. Um, I watched the barrier trial when it won and they run three seconds slower, run second on that day. And on that day, Chevron... It was well fancy on that day, on Saturday. We ran a good race. Put it in the black book. I know it was a, it ran fourth, and it, but it was three legs behind the second last horse. It, they run fast, fast sectionals, and, and was back. But on this day, where they all trialed, this Chevron ran three seconds faster than our Corbison. But on, in, on race day, we saw Angela Davies absolutely had this horse tuned to the to the thing, and they came home what thirty-two hour wait for the six hundred metres. I was wondering whether you saw it. And what do you think of the horse, mate? No, I'm going to have a look at it because I know you can find one, Mark. So I'll, I'll, I'll do Oh, you'll watch form. this one, Duff. You'll love this one, mate. It's okay, got a gear, I'll, mate. Okay, I'll definitely get it straight onto that at 10 o'clock. Yeah, uh, mate. Race two, was it? Yeah. Race two. Our Kobe. Uh, yeah, uh, Angela David. Yeah, okay, very good, mate. Yeah, Aaron Bullock, Bye, mate. mate. It was, uh, I think it was backed off the map. Um, Duff, yeah. it was yeah, 215 to 175 or something. So I oh, can find one too, Marky. He's found a few for us over the over the years. Okay, so our Kobe son there, and she does a great job, Angela. I must say, uh, with the horses she's got, um, always can find a winner. So uh, well done to Angela and the team up there at Gosford. Uh, we continue on. It's nine forty-eight. If you want to get involved with the program, thirteen fifty-three fifty-three is the open line number. Uh, a couple of texts here about Tyler Schiller and the ride on Eastern Glow to start the day. It was a beauty, Duff. Uh, that was the end of the ride of the day from there on in because no one was going to ever beat that. <laughs> I, I sort of didn't pick it up as the, the race unfolded. I was watching, I was hoping for King of Spades with uh, young Hannah. I, I, well, I thought it was a good opportunity and she did everything right. And I thought, where has this thing come from? I thought, it, you know, he's going to need a lot of luck from that barrier. Then I watched the replay. He's found the fence after about 100 metres there and just, it was just pretty to watch. <laughs> it was just, it's like he had no pressure on him at all. Everything opened up. He drove through and nudged the King of Spades on the line. So it was an absolute superb ride by Tyler. Absolutely. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, it's, it's always lovely when you can uh, watch that sort of stuff. I guess if you're not on, it's not great, Gator. Yeah. But um, I tell you what, uh, to see, uh, you know, those decisions, those split-second decisions made by those jocks and that outcome happen, uh, lovely to watch. No, it was that, and um, the horse itself did a great job as well. I mean, 10.96 home, quickest of the day of any horse. Super Pursuit second, quickest at 10.98. They are the only two to break 11 seconds, so not many do that in, in a highway, as in run quickest last 200 of the day, but it came off a, mo- a really slow speed, to be honest, and um, it, the ride won the race. It's as simple as that. I mean, it flies in the face of my theory when things like that happens, but, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it was um, pretty to watch indeed. Certainly was. Uh, Chris, there's a couple of texts on the text line here, and there was an article I see done by one of your co-workers there at The Age, um, Damien Radcliffe, about uh, the international trainers probably going to, to Basel in a way, uh, going to a Victorian spring, but 
probably coming to a Sydney autumn, and obviously one of those big names is Joseph O'Brien, and this get back, gets back to obviously the the vet checks that that happened there in Racing Victoria. I mean, this is not a, a new story. We kind of thought this something like this might happen, but um, I guess it's gaining a bit of momentum, isn't it? I think you'll find that the the trainers uh, don't want another variable that that they don't think they can control when they bring horses to Australia. So. Um, as we saw, Durston won a Caulfield Cup and then failed the scan and couldn't run in the Melbourne Cup. That sort of tells you all you need to know about these things, these scans. They, they, they're going to pick up stuff that, that aren't, aren't exactly obvious to the eye. And I was talking to Chris Waller about it on the weekend. He says, we've got to have them. And, you know, but, and you've just got to, got to live with the consequences of if you scan, if you scan and you can't race. But, you're going to see. Um, looks like Joseph's going to bring a couple over for the Sydney Cup. It's um, they're still trying to work out planes and things like that. So um, we'll know more in a couple of weeks. But I think you'll find ha- William Haggis is bringing over two or three. Joseph will bring over a couple. I think there's a couple there from the Australian Bloodstock that are in the stables that will come over as well. So um, our middle distance to um, to longer distance races are are really a playground for them and if they can get the right horse over here they often get in on the right weight and as we've seen with the Melbourne Cup they're very hard to beat. And I think Ozzy Tom's coming over in the next week or two isn't he? Yeah. He's here uh, I think he's here next next week I'm not sure whether Holly's coming she broke her elbow the other a couple of weeks ago so I'm not sure whether she's coming over over while she's having a break and recuperating but um it's going to be he's he's here right through, so that's a that's a pretty um, key indicator. The things that William Haggis are bringing might mm. be fairly good because they they were remember Abdabe was his first Group One winner. And is Joe Marrera coming here before he goes to Japan as well? I haven't heard that one, Duff. I, um, I, 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 have, yeah, I have. I heard that I, one too, Duff. I think he's yeah. here for two or three weeks before he goes to Japan to ride, maybe for Chris. Okay. Might, be, might be something for the column. Yeah, something for the, yeah. <laughs> the column. And and also too, he's. Um, I, I had heard that he's going to be doing. Well, we know he's. He sort of said that he was wanted to do a bit of a, a farewell tour before he ends up back in Brazil, but possibly then coming back as well here, uh, Duff, for a period of time, possibly yeah. in the spring. He's sort of so. opened himself up for the, the big world now because I mean, he sometimes. Well, he's been tied into Hong Kong with their restrictions yeah. for so many years, and now. He's got a taste of the big wide world. Exactly. And I think, too, uh, I had heard, and it just shows how important family is to all these decisions. And, I mean, we've, I've, later on in the program, I've got Danny Beasley on Monday's Experts. And Danny, obviously, spent a lot of time in Singapore, comes back and wanted to get back to Wagga to be around family. But I know that Joe's family, um, from reports, absolutely love it here. So if they were to, to be here with him, and obviously it's a different kettle of fish there in Hong Kong, where you're sort of boxed up to a degree. Uh, being here in Australia, that could um, be a big factor. So, um, geez, I guess if we see them in Sydney, that extends that Sydney jockey's room even more now with Preble being here and Nash to return. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot doing, isn't there, Duff? Yeah, a lot doing. And it, uh, it was actually good to see uh, Nash riding at the trials this morning. I was yes. a bit worried when they uh, carted him off for tests there at the Jam Tata, but he's, he seems obviously things are okay if he's back riding at the trials this morning. Yeah, and that is good uh, Good news. Uh, now, um, Gator, bring you back in here, mate, because uh, Pudders wanting to know 
your thoughts on now. Hi, guys. Can you ask Gator his uh, opinion on Danny St. Darcy? Now, that was just going through race six on the card at the Valley on Saturday. Yeah, look, um, certainly a, a nice enough win. Again, you know, it was a race day with a lot of benchmark 70s. It's generally um, not not the... Uh, Nowhere near the top end, obviously, and then generally competitive finishes uh, because there's not a lot of talent between them. You know, they're lower garden variety athletes, basically. Um, first four, only a length over them. Uh, but look, good ride, good win, sat back uh, off them. Now, they made a move early, a few of these. Luna Cat uh, and Crucia um, sort of attacked the lead before the turn, and not by design, I think just by the fact uh, she was held up, Celine, on Danny Sandusian behind them. and Weaved, who had the last crack and had to be good enough to win and was. So, um, yeah, look, job done. It was only early in the prep. So the problem is that the cliff gets a bit steeper as we head into the carnival. And also we saw Australia Day uh, racing at Sandown. I mentioned before, of course, uh, the performance of the instructor. But what about this Star Patrol? Uh, very impressive, running, what, 57-14 uh, for Clint McDonald and Ben Melliman. Uh, he was very good, wasn't he, Data? No, it was a, that was a terrific win. Uh, and I'll certainly give you that one. Um, you know, the way he just took probably 25, 30 metres to build up, but then he exploded past them. It probably looked um, in a fraction better than, than what it was as far as that, that ability to quicken. I mean, he was fifth, uh, quickest in the race, four to the 200, but it probably looked to the eye um, like he was going quicker because the leader sort of caved in. But uh, look, ran a big last 600, 33 flat near, 11 lengths above average, just stopped the clock in fast overall time. So he's done that more than once now. That is to run really fast time, and it's uh, really difficult to do unless you're a fast athlete. And speaking of good athletes, this Jackano uh, in the Manfred, who darted back to the inside with Frosty Lane on board, and um, just a just we speak about good athletes. Uh, he's obviously, and, and they were glowing praise from Mick and Michael and, and Damien after the race. Um, he's obviously gone enormous and has plenty of improvement there. Yeah, the fascinating thing about uh, this horse was, um, A, he came through inside them. They weren't really winning doing that. He gave them more weight. Um, and even though the margin was narrow, he ran 11.52 as the quickest of any horse all day, last 200. And there was some pretty slick sprint races going on. His last 600 was exceptional. And, um, you know, he was getting stronger and stronger as the race unfolded. So uh, an exceptional uh, return from him, as I say, giving them weight as well. He's a, he gets, he's been getting, he's done, he gets the job done, Jack, you know, and I'm a little concerned with him going to sort of now wait for age tactical races where his high peak performances have been in high pressure races. Obviously, with the, you know, the Everest, he ran well in the Everest and prior to that in the, um, when he won that race at Rose Hill, so I'm, I just hope he can adapt to the next step of these tactical battles where they could be sit and sprints. But he's obviously a high class animal. Um, just a comment on Jackano, uh, Chris, from the other day. I mean, obviously we've seen him up here in Sydney do what he does. He got that Everest slot, and he's always had a wrap on uh, him. And obviously the the big deal with Widden and Qatar, he raced in those new colours and. Um, but he was, yeah, ultra impressive, wasn't he, Ruta? Yeah, he just got he he. You were sort of thinking, well, it'll be it'll be do well to run a, a hole here and, and get into a minor placing. But he he just had a will to win, didn't he? And that was the, the good thing. And as we said, uh, he run under the belt can mean a lot when you go take the next step up. And he'll probably 
be at the ore, which is going to be a good race. Uh, what price is he in the ore? Just having a look at these futures markets. Um, we've got open at uh, tab. A lot of markets open as we speak. So CFO stakes market, pre-noms, I'm Thunderstruck and Jack and O. Uh, at $4 equal favourites. Alligator Blood at $6. Um, you've got Mr. Brightside in that market, um, Aft Cabin, etc. So that market is open as we speak at TAB, as is uh, obviously the country championship market as well. We had a question about that last week. So that uh, country championship final market is open as we speak, and it's me and Opal Ridge as $6 equal favourites there in that uh, pre-noms market, as we are open on Sydney Cups, uh, Australian Oaks, the Provincial Midway Champ final, Lock Eagle, is a favourite there at $6. So that'll all start to unfold. And, uh, boys, I mentioned at the start, I'm down here at the Sapphire Coast, and uh, Barbara Joseph, uh, This I, I, I don't know when the last time any of you gents have been in this part of the world, but they do a fantastic job down here with their two-day carnival. They turn it into an event. They get a lot of people from around uh, Victoria and also New South Wales coming to Marimbula and the Beegar area and... Uh, I know that Teresa Badup and Barbara Joseph get a lot of their owners to come down for, you know, uh, sometimes a week and they do all these activities and it was great to see uh, yesterday Manderboss win the Cup for Bard. That's now three in a row and uh, they certainly know how to celebrate, Duff. Uh, yep, uh, it's a great part of the world. I'd like to get down there more often, but uh, yeah, it, uh, I missed most of the racing there yesterday, but I'm sure it would have been a great day and... Uh, um, a beautiful spot in the world. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, it is a great spot in the world, Chris. Looks like they've got a good swimming pool there, Dave. Plenty of water in it. Uh, that was a little um, stuff well, up. Not by a little me. bit less after. A little, a little bit, bit less. less no, less very much so. Yeah, no, for those for those wondering. So uh, Barb came on the program, oh, what six months ago, and said, "I'm going to win the the bigger cup again." And every year she wins the bigger cup. She has a big party at her place with all her owners and, and jumps in the pool. And I said, righto, well, I, I don't know if you can win the Burger Cup this year. It's going to be hard with, obviously, the big dance eligibility. And, um, yeah, the, the, the bet was if I win the Cup, you're jumping in too, Dave. So that's what uh, was going on last night. But, yeah, the hospitality from everyone down here has been fantastic. And, again, just another, you know, another, I guess, endorsement for if you, you love your racing and you're listening to this. And there were even some people that came up to myself and Luke during the last couple of days and said, look, we'd heard you talking about it and we decided to come down this year and bring the family. I encourage anyone to, if they're thinking about doing holidays next year, uh, book in. And it doesn't have to be this cup. It could be any country cup, but you'll certainly um, be well looked after wherever you go in New South Wales. We need some uh, horses to follow, gents. Uh, Duff, what are we following from Sydney? Well, there's plenty of obvious, but look, I'm, I'm sticking with the two-year-olds. Um, just keep an eye on Shinzo and and Mumbai Muse as far as if the market mixes them next time they go out because they, they're both definite improvers and they both obviously come out of proper races now. Gator, uh, David Gately, what are we following from the meeting or uh, well, meetings that you looked at, mate, or just Melbourne if you like? Yeah, sure, I'll give you a couple from uh, from the Valley that you know may have been overlooked. I think Confrontational is a horse that's absolutely flying. If he ever gets a truly run race on a big track, on a fair track and a fair crack at him, he'll probably win it 20 to 1. And race 9, a horse called Monarch of Egypt, a terrific finale, pretty much against the pattern of the day. He was only third up, so he looks about ready as well. And Chris, your horses to follow? Yeah, I think you can follow Eastern Glow into the country championships. I thought, thought even though it was a great win, he had the horse to do it and... Uh, it'll go to Maria now and hopefully get a run because the Canberra horses are limited in numbers for that, that heat. 
And I think one that um, probably slips through the cracks there is Bazooka. It's absolutely flying, this horse. Um, everyone would tell you that five-metre rail, it's up and in at Rose Hill, but on Saturday, you just didn't want to be anywhere near the rail. He had to go back to the inside. He ran fourth in the in in the bold Mac race, and I think he's one that will um, go around at double figures and give you a really good sight for your money next time. Now, before we go, gentlemen, and I thought uh, it'd be great to have this gentleman on the program because usually he's a part of the panel, and it's a bit of a surprise for our Sky Sports Radio audience. We've heard him talking on uh, Melbourne Radio, and I speak of Dean Lester. And we know the battles that Dean has been in. And I wanted, uh, Dean, to, to come on the program and just have a chat to us. Uh, not so much about what's happening on the track, but what's happening with himself. And also, too, I guess, uh, how he's feeling in regards to, um, I guess, the response uh, and, and the love that the racing game has shown him. Dean Lester, welcome to Punters Postmortem. Thanks, Dave. Long time, uh, long time listener, first time long caller. Time listener. Any <laughs> questions for our panel? Quality <laughs> um, questions. Substitutes. Have you got any? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Dean, I, I know you've spoken about this on Melbourne Radio, um, obviously with Michael Felgate and and our sister station down there. And I guess you've been an integral part of Sky Sports Radio as well. Every Monday morning, uh, I was here at the Sapphire Coast, and I had people coming up to me asking how you were and and how they, you know just generally having that love for you, have you been blown away by how people have re- responded to y- your tough news? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, that wasn't... Uh, it was the least expected thing, Dave, uh, but uh, very overwhelming, very humbling, and, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it uh, it certainly uh, yeah caught me well and truly off guard. Where are we up to, Dean? Uh, Duff... Um, I've got a, a rare type of cancer um, and I meet with oncologists tomorrow about a uh, program, where, you know, treatment program and, and see what, uh, you know, how that how I'll go about that and, and what that entails. So I'll know a lot more with regard to my treatment plan tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, the rarity of the cancer makes it, uh, makes it you know, a, a tricky fight. Dan, can I ask in terms of because you've been a regular on this program, and we know we know your your general health battles and how yeah. uh, tough you are. Was this something that has just come? Well, it's, it's obviously come extremely from left field. But was there an indication? Were you feeling a bit crook? I mean, and I'm sort of I guess where I'm going with this is if you're out there listening and you think that you're bulletproof, sometimes you're not bulletproof, and it's especially being blokes, it's good to go and see your doctor about certain things. Yeah, so Dave, I, I, as you said, because of uh, um, you know I've had you know I've um, got kidney failure and had regular blood tests, and since I had uh, a back surgery back in June, um, my levels of my blood, my, my hemoglobin and my red blood cell count have been way down, way down, and not after treatment and after you know using you know what they can to to boost your blood, uh, it wasn't coming up at all, and. Uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah, using the the absolute best stuff, the Lance Armstrong EPO, and uh, n- nothing was happening, nothing was shifting. So that was a, a concern. And, um, yeah, so uh, I was extremely fatigued at the end of the spring carnival, and it was more than just, geez, you know, it's been a busy time. I was, you know, I was just gone, uh, out, out on my feet sort of thing. So, uh, the, the, you know, the blood tests, kept showing low levels and uh, so I was 
put into hospital late November and more tests were done. More, um, I had a bone biopsy and uh, just to check it out. And it basically came down to either a really, really bad infection or I was going to have cancer. And uh, the, the studies they did with antibiotics and things meant that my blood didn't change at all, didn't improve using antibiotics. So at that stage, they pretty much knew you know, what it was. Yeah, an incredible fighter, uh, and I think that's one message that uh, hopefully you've you've well and truly received from all of us, and that we uh, we very much, if we had the ticket that you had, uh, we'd all be extremely tough and and be able to face any challenge in life. Um, that uh, that obviously that GoFundMe page, which was set up by RSN, uh, that's been extraordinary, and obviously has blown you away, and uh, that's obviously going to help a lot. And if people uh, is that still open? Can people still um, partake uh, yeah, in that, or is that? I believe so. Yeah, um, I haven't spoken to uh, to uh, Andrew Bensley or Mark Hunter or the, the main organisers of it. So, but I believe so. Yes. Okay. All right. And and I know, like something like that, um, because you're quite a humble bloke. Um, you know, and and that that must have really, you know, uh, you're quite emotional with all of that. Oh, absolutely, I was. And uh, you know, when Mark, yeah, you know, it's all Mark Hunter's the catalyst for all of this. And when he suggested it, I sort of thought, oh, you know, I was up, up in the air, but he said, no, he said, uh, you know, you should. And I mean, it's a, this is, this is the last, what I've just described the last six months, but the last four years, um, you know, earning capacities and restrictions, are, you know, have put me behind the eight ball. And that's, that's what Mark kept saying to me. So, um, yeah, I, as I said, I didn't think it reached anywhere near those sort of heights. And uh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely humbled by the response and, and the love out there to, to do such a thing. We appreciate you coming on uh, and chatting with us this morning. Obviously, if you're wanting to hear more of an in-depth story about uh, about uh, Dean's challenges, you can jump on. I'm sure that podcast is on the RSN website from uh, um, Michael Felgate um, from Racing Pulse down there in Melbourne. But as I said, from a Sky Sports Radio point of view, Dino, you've been a part of um, Punters Postmortem and we hope to have you back on the panel one day very soon, mate. I hope to be there, Dave. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, nearly 17 years on the panel, I think. Mm. 17 or 18, whichever it was, about 2005, so yeah, 18. We, so we, can't, uh, we can't let David Gately or Chris Roots get too comfortable here, mate. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, no. No, no, they, <laughs> they're very good night watchmen. Just keep batting. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, uh, thanks so much for coming on, Dino, and, and keep us up to date with how everything goes. Pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Dean Lester there. I thought that was a nice little uh, way to end punters post-mortem this morning, boys. And uh, good to hear Dino there. And, and uh, yeah, just blown away, I guess, we are as well because we all know Dino and we know what a fantastic bloke he is. And I guess, um, you know, um, quite humbling to see uh, all of racing get behind him. Duff, Gator, Chris. Yeah, look, it's great to hear him. He just sounds, he sounds motivated. Um, so great to just hear his positivity this morning and he's, uh, he's up for another fight. Gator, he's been a gentleman that you no doubt have looked up to um, for many, many years. Yeah, I've said it more than once. I don't think there's any bigger fan uh, than me. So, um, you know, and you know, I'm still learning from him today. So, um, look, it's as I say, great to great to have him on. Great to hear, and great again. Um, the, the how how uh, fabulous racing is when when a soldier goes down. They're fabulous, aren't they? Mm.
Chris, you're a good night watchman. There's a bit of a wrap for you from Dean Lester. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, 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 I can get 200 like Dizzy Gillespie. But um, it's one of those things that we re- we all we all know what Dino means to all of us. And I don't think there'd be a person listening who hasn't heard Dino tip one and gone, "Well, I better have something on that," and and probably probably got a meal out of it. So that's um, when you're when you've been on the show for so long and and it shows your knowledge and the respect he's got and everyone and that's the reason why people are putting their hand in their pocket for him because we all respect him and we all know how how smart he is about the game and he probably knows more about the game than uh, than a lot of people a lot of people do 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 who think they know a lot more than he does and I guess, too, um, one thing to take out of what Dino said, and a gentleman we hear all the time as well with our tips during the week, Mark Hunter, who has a big following. There you go, Mark. Uh, good mates with Dino and helping organise all of that GoFundMe. So if Mark's tipping up, he was tipping up big time last week. So maybe if you have something on Mark's tips this week and you have a win, throw something towards uh, Dean Lester in the GoFundMe if you uh, have a win. Gents, uh, have a great week ahead. Of course, uh, we've got good racing, don't we, uh, in all parts of Australia, well, in uh, in Sydney and Victoria this week. Uh, what have we got? Uh, Saturday, we're back at Royal Randwick Duff. We've got the Eskimo Prince. We've got the Lonro. Um, so we've got uh, some good racing there. Saturday, the 4th of Feb. Um, and then down in Melbourne, we've got, uh, just pulling up on my screen, Gaty, if you know before I can press these buttons, chime in. But uh, uh, I'll be got... sand down on yeah. Saturday. I haven't looked forensically, but the Chairman's is the obvious one, the two-year-old race, which is unearthed. Um, a yes. few diamond winners? Yep, the Chairman's on Saturday. And then you've got, obviously, a big Super Vobus Day as well. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for coming on the program. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Dave.